Before we get started, I want to take a moment to recommend a movie. It's our co-host Marvin's movie. It is now streaming. So if you get a chance, stream it, buy it, rent it, rent it for somebody else as a gift. Marvin, where can people watch your movie, A Night's Tour? Yeah, A Night's Tour, uh, not A Night's Tale. If you if you start up the movie and you see Heath Ledger and some music playing, that is not our movie. If you see yeah. a really dark day for night shot, that's us. It's like a post-apocalyptic uh, fiction movie. But it's not like super dour or anything like that. But right now, if you have an Amazon Prime account, it's free on Amazon Prime. If you still don't, you can still watch it for free in Tubi, um, but there's going to be ads and it's a little lower quality. If you would like to support us more directly, you could also buy on Google Play and iTunes and YouTube movies. Those are the three places where you, you could still get a rental or a buy. And uh, if you like it, give us a review. Or if you don't like it, also give us a review. We like honest feedback. In any case, it helps. So, All right. That's it for us. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the film podcast. Nice. I'm Ricardo. Uh, this is Marvin. <laughs> I'm Marcel. And look at us, dude. Just uh, we're we're bringing it back one more time with Marcel. Take it back. Do 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 do. Take it yeah, back. Right. Yeah, dude. We did it. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Marvel movies that we want to get made and who should be in them. Maybe even who should direct them. Before we get started, do you guys want to confess to any movies you've seen lately? I haven't been watching movies. Last week, I've been watching a lot of Iron Chef. I've been watching the original Iron Chef, not the shitty ah. Iron Chef America. The Iron Man of Chefs. Yes. Yeah, first one. Uh, Correct. Yeah, the first one where it's it uses the backdraft music and, oh. you know, it's got the chairman, Chairman Kaga, yes, and who's like, you know, he's basically dressed like Prince, except no purple. It's a really? Yeah. This is back when Iron Chef was a quality show. I never watched the original, but you never watched the original. Okay. Cause no, the no. original, my, my parents and I used to watch it way back in the day. What was it? Those channels, VHF and UHF. Yeah. It's yeah, like on UHF. Yeah. You could it catch. It was on channel 18. I remember. It yeah, was exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Channel 18. And then it would, it would switch from Korean to Japanese and in Japanese, they would have sumo wrestling on and they have iron chef. They would show iron chef without any subtitles, but we just still watch and just, we don't know any Japanese. We just be like, Oh, what is that? And every once in a while, the, the, the announcer would go, Fukui-san. And it's like, what does that mean? Whenever he says that, it turns out his name is Fukui and in Japan, Japan, the san is just like a, like a, a term of endearment, like, Oh, Fukui-san. The only to me, the only redeeming quality of the, the new Iron Chef, Iron Chef America, is that Alton Brown is like the analyst. So like Alton Brown, but um, every, everything else is so lame. Like you got rid of the backdraft music. You don't have like everyone is like taking it like a joke. They're like, ha we're an Iron Chef. Ha ha. What a funny thing. Whereas in the original show, they're like, if we lose this battle, we will lose our company. Or like uh, the fate or Japanese, we will we be humiliated on national television or shit yeah. like that, right? They all had a second yeah. standing behind them holding the uh, the wakizashi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they all had like their their super dramatic entrances where they rose up. For, like in the original, the new Iron Chef, they just show up in a cut. 
you know, on, on their platforms. And the originals, they rose very dramatically with this music playing. And then when they added the Italian chef, they didn't have enough money to rebuild the set. So they built him a side set where he comes up with the full orchestra playing. It's oh. fucking sick. And then they're like, okay, here's obscure Japanese ingredients that's weird in Japan and even weirder to someone who's never heard of this. And then uh, go make as many dishes or as few dishes as... That was another cool thing. The original Iron Chef, they were like, you can do whatever you want. You can make one dish. You can make 10 dishes. No one cares. If you have one amazing dish and it blows us away, you could win, right? Whereas the new one, it's like you always have to make five, which means like, you know, someone who's like, ah, I got four really good ideas, but one kind of shitty one, you know, they, they, they get left behind. And like and the original Iron Chef also, it was like wrestling because they had like storylines. And oh. like there's one where like the, the, the feuds. Yeah, where like the Iron Chefs were on a losing streak one season, right? So the chairman was embarrassed and he was like, I can't believe the cream of the crop. Or and the funny part is like none of them are actually like super famous chefs or anything. They're kind of just chosen for the show. Only one is arguably kind of famous, Chen Kenichi, because he's the uh, he's the son of uh, the chef who made Sichuan cooking famous in Japan. Is there ever a ladder match where they have to cook on ladders? There are matches where they're like, "You are now cooking in a kitchen you are unfamiliar with," and you know shit like that. And it's or, upside down. Everything's on the <laughs> ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Marcelo, have you, what did you, what have you been watching? We just finished the Twilight Saga, uh, all the way through backward. So we saw the shitty first movie after we saw the shitty second after we saw the shitty. Really, it's because Kaylin wanted to for her birthday watch Breaking Dawn Part Two drunk as a group and just shit on it. And I said, whatever, it's your birthday, you choose. And then afterward, Sarah and Jerusha were like, maybe it's time that we finally enjoy these movies, but we watch them backward. And it was a good <laughs> idea. That's a great idea. Does it just get worse? The weird thing is it doesn't seem to change all that much. Like the graphics are still terrible. The acting's still bad. Like really <laughs> the only thing is the first one is, is more palatable at the end of all of them because they at least shot it on film. It's shot like a movie. There's no crazy werewolf shenanigans. There aren't effects or anything bigger than what they can afford or accomplish. It gives it more more friggin' gumption than the rest of them. However, it does also have that her riding on his back while he's climbing. Yeah, I was about to mention, do you, shit do you remember whatever. the line he says before that? No. He says, hang on, spider monkey. Oh, so- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so okay this is a friend of mine uh she's she's always like fixated on that line for some reason she's like why why did they say that right well spider it's, monkey's it, a very sexy term <laughs> yeah. but it's also like not in the books so it's made for the movie so she was like why did they say that and then the answer was answered were once um at cal arts uh which is where i went to school uh melissa rosenberg came to do like a guest artist workshop and then she actually brought that scene up unprompted and was very proud of the fact she added that line hang on spider monkey because she was like the scene they just kind of start jumping without like any like prepping or a line or anything so on the, i just came up with the line right there i was just like hang on spider monkey she shouldn't <laughs> be proud because it will it will 
be a conundrum for generations and generations and generations to come. I, I guess it's memorable, right? I just told a story about it. So, yeah. I mean, she did her job. It's kind of like the thing they say, like, um, when there's a, a quiet moment in a conversation. Like right now. Like that one? <laughs> yeah. Someone is thinking about Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> now, now, when there's a silent moment, you'll be thinking about Abraham Lincoln. You're welcome. <laughs> We've been fucking incepted. Well, my, my, my friends and I would always joke that if there's like a weird lull in the movie or like every movie has some butt sex. And if it's if there is a lull, it's because it's happening off screen. Oh, yeah, oh. I like that theory. It's a very interesting. Theory. Yeah. <laughs> We're like every the, movie has some butt sex somewhere. The butt stuff them. theory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both unprovable and also obviously just known. It's, you know, yeah. it. you can feel yeah. it. Um, I watched. um. I, and you did too, Marcel. I know you did for a fact. Uh, <laughs> the Zorro movie, The Mask of Zorro, dude. It's awesome. It's so good. I I unironically it, enjoyed that a lot as a kid. It holds up so well. So I, I didn't expect it to hold up. I think because the effects are practical. Also, there's no crazy wire work. Yeah, it's it's no musketeer. <laughs> and it's fun. It's simple. It's great. How about written by Robert Orchie and, and Alex Kurtzman, huh? Yeah. Really? At the at the beginning of their their, their career. Um, you know what? In the beginning, they've always had fun stuff. They've gotten a little crazy as of lately. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning of their career, they had a lot of fun stuff that that they did. Yeah, um, they really I, did. I, I don't even hate the sequel. The sequel is pretty good too. I see that's that's for me like I fuck oh man I hate the sequel so much but it's like it's just because like they made it a kids movie and the first one is just not yeah. a kids but like it's a head in a yeah. jar and like a cut off hand and like there's all kinds of stuff that's yeah. that's thematically Zorro, Zorro, extreme like, desperately wants to fuck Catherine Zeta Jones yeah. yeah I mean so much yeah. so that he literally cuts her clothes off of her. yeah <laughs> um, yeah that being put aside. The second movie, he doesn't even use his sword. He just pulls it out and he punches people. Really? It's like, it's like it's yeah, a distraction yeah. tactic. There's no swashing oh my God. or it's buckling. Like, oh, it's like TMNT, like the original Ninja Turtles ca- cartoons where like Leonardo would always bust out his swords but never hit anyone with them. Yeah, exactly. It's just like at the beginning of the second movie when he's like, now you see him, now you don't. He throws him in the ceiling and he jumps up and uses him as handles to kick a dude in the face. Um, but it's also because like you can't give a guy that weapon and then be like, and we're making a kids movie where he doesn't chop up a bunch of faceless foot soldiers. Um, but that was, that was the thing for me with, with legend of Zorro. Uh, Marcel, you're our guest. Why don't you go first? You want me to kick this off? Kick it off, dude. Kick Kick it it off. All right. So number one for me, I think that's been just a long time coming and I kept expecting this character to appear and then didn't happen. And I was like, it's, this is the movie. They got to do it. And then it was like, this is the movie. They got it. Didn't. And it just kept happening. But, um, I would go with Nova, the, like the Sam storyline. So it's all the, um, it's not the original, like Richard being the Nova, he has the Nova Force, and he flies oh, around Oh, so you would skip Richard Rider altogether. Yeah, but I would bring him back in. So, like, my oh, hope would okay. be basically that, like, Sam would find his dad's helmet. He'd go through, like, the learning curve, whatever. Um, at the end of the movie, Richard would, would show up and be like, hey, we need you in space, dude. There is a bunch of shit going on. So you could tie that in with, you know, Guardians with the Thor universe where that's going. With yeah. all the cosmic stuff. Marcel, could you quickly um, like just explain Nova for people who ah, don't know who yeah. Nova is? 
So Nova is so the Nova Force is something that they've hinted at inside of the Guardians of the Galaxy universe, uh, or not, like not that portion just of the universe. Hinted. Like it, it, it's a huge part of the police force in the in the first movie. Yeah. Well, and, but, and but like, like the police but force like are cops. like the Nova Corps. Yeah, like the Nova Corps, are like these cops, and then there are these special uh, soldiers who get the like the the bulk of their culture and power and all of this, and it's all stored in this helmet. Um, and the helmet is the thing that grants powers to the wearer. And this kid, um, he's a uh, a Hispanic kid who's in um, middle school. And he one day finds his dad disappeared, just up and disappeared. And he can't figure out why, because his dad would never do that. And he finds this helmet in his dad's stuff. And he puts it on and he becomes Nova. And he can fly and he's got, you know, crazy strength. But he's very much just a kid. So Mm -hmm. he still has to balance all the school stuff, same as like Spider-Man or any of those other guys. But it becomes a different thing when you're kind of stuck in school is a similar thing that like the Miles Morales storyline kind of hints at in Spider-Verse, but like is a big part of his his storyline in the comics. It's just like this balancing, which makes sense as to why they like they connect the way that they do when they meet. Um, but that aside, I was just like, you know, Nova is a really cool character. You can there's all kinds of stuff. You know, there's the Sam aspect, there's the Richard, there's a, a huge galaxy of of possibilities there and you can bring them all together you can use one at a time um it's it's like it's entertaining and it's cool and it's fun um and the guy i would i would i i thought about it for a while and i was doing some research and stuff and there's a show on um netflix called one day at a time it's like this terrible like sitcom it's it's like the king of queens but for like the latin crowd is what it kind of seems like to me okay um but this kid, Marcel, Marcel Ruiz, funny enough, um, he's on it. He's like 14 or 15. And he's the clips I've seen of him, he's really funny. And I'd actually read about him in, a, in an article a while ago that was like, this is a guy to look out for. And he was in that, um, that like, I think it was a Jesus movie, that movie Breakthrough, that was like some huge budget, like the kid oh, falls through the yeah. ice and then like, He's yeah. dead, but he's brought back yeah. because of because of God or something. And then it's got like Topher Grace and just like a crazy cast of like, why would anyone do this big budget for an Oscar? <laughs> Bing bong. Um, <laughs> so so it's uh, like he's he's just really good. I think I think he'd be a good choice because he could he could step up. He could handle like the the joker not the joker but like the jokestery <laughs> bits um he could be the next in, joker in his, yeah he could be the next joker why not baby joker. um and <laughs> what's funny is actually before we talked about it i thought of a director and i was like i kind of thought um sam hargrave would be a good choice he's the guy who did extraction he was a stunt yeah. coordinator for all the like big yeah. marvel movies yeah. but, like, like just talking he, about he, him, yeah we were talking about him last week yeah, he oh, kind of set the style for yeah. the Marvel. Uh, the, he he pretty much invented the Marvel fighting style that all the Marvel yeah, movies use. Exactly, like the Winter Soldier, like his his work on that, and like just just forward from there has just been all that really good choreography and and like the the body work and stuff. Um, but I think I think like especially since he's a madman, like Extraction is shot insanely, and like yeah. he knows 
action really well. And he's, I think he's good enough with like the quippy bits in between and like trying to tell a story. I think that was a good first outing, but I feel like this kind of thing with, you know, VFX supervisor and like, you know, the writer on staff and stuff like that. Like, I feel like they could knock it out of the park and it would be a cool shot for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because like his, the momentum and like geography of his action, because he likes to let things play out. I feel like that would be a really cool thing to put into this universe to give it some chutzpah, you know, to like well, Nova, but Nova, you imagine like him, like punching, like across the planet sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But like, and it's stuff he'd have to learn, but at the beginning it's going to be a lot of like down and dirty, you know, he's like, he's a kid and you know, he's going to fight the way that a kid in like junior high would fight. So it's going to be like scrappy. I mean, this would also be a good return to, cause like, the initial conception of Nova was very much uh, Spider-Man, but Green Lantern, right? So, yeah, like, exactly. So it would be, a, but then he quickly grew out of that to become space cop. So like, I guess this would be a really good return to that roots, the roots of like, uh, it's really about kids struggle with, with, uh, with superpowers. I mean, it's a very Marvel thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, a, like a lot, especially a lot of, a lot of mar- modern Marvel is kind of returning to that with like Miss Marvel and, you know, Miles Morales and like it's all the return to like how how do how do you take kids who are not just kids, but kids in like struggling situations and give them extraordinary abilities and then see how that affects them sociologically. You know? Yeah. And like this newer generation is also the first time they've really they've done the stand back and go like, wait, it's kind of insane that we would like have children be soldiers. <laughs> Which they did a good job with in in Spider Man, where like, you know, Tony's kind of like, "We're giving you power, but dude, you're a kid. Like, this is it's still nuts. Like this is only going to go so far. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's still definitely nuts. But they like they at least acknowledge that it's kind of crazy. Whereas like, you know, Professor X just like he's just like, ah, oh, yes, I have students, and now I'm going to send them in a fucking jet. I built <laughs> it makes him a school. psychopath. Yeah, like, he's, he's which crazy. like the modern like comics Batman. go like, yeah, he's he's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. They lean into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was, that was a big one for me. Cause it, it, there are a lot of options. There's a lot of, it like starts. Um, who'd your villain be? That who's your, is a, who's your throwaway Marvel. Villain? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it would have to be something, but I was wondering if, you know, an interesting way to play it would be, he has to get involved with something that's coming up um, mm-hmm. basically like as it's happening and we get like a smaller side of something larger and then we get to see what that larger thing is in like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. another type of movie. Um, I mean, he could, he could like maybe just in general have to like deal with like the Chitari or something. Cause the Chitari already showed up in Avengers and yeah. then uh, Chitari plays a big role in his first appearance, I think. Um, yeah. So. And he's, I mean, he's had to deal with that, so many times, but there's like, I mean, Blastar was a big one that he had to fight a long time ago, and like, Diamond Head would be interesting, but it's like, it's the fun, part of the fun thing for me um, with Nova is the like, it's it's that they're the goofy, like, over-the-top, um, like, cosmic baddies, which mm-hmm. has always been really fun to me. Like, that's always been the, like, that bonkers just side of the Marvel universe, like, you know, supernova 
And like, I mean, it would also be a good way to bring in Adam Warlock if they wanted to like toy with that idea or something. He mm-hmm. could be someone who like pulls him aside and is like, "We need, we need you in space, man." And I mean, you know, Galactus and stuff like those are all, and Annihilus um, and Thanos are all people that he's fought for sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's there's a lot of um, there are a lot of options basically yeah um and it's but they're all like that silly it's kind of like i i hate to say silly because i like it so much but like that the cosmic side of things always leaned kind of a lot but it's weird yeah yeah like diamond head he's weird correct he's like a big he's literally a diamond head (laughs) (laughs) garth and sal uh-huh. Um, he becomes supernova like after a while. So who knows it, that could be a, like a big baddie for out in space. So he could fight him when he's still Garthen. He's there to get the helmet back. He has to fight to keep the helmet or he like, you know, it's that great struggle. He doesn't want the power, but he's got to fight to keep it. And he's got to fight someone stronger than him. Um, and it's before like he becomes Garthen becomes supernova. That could be cool. This Nova is really awesome. And the stuff that he's been tied into has been really, really awesome. Um, and it's worth checking out for sure. It's also a better yes. name than Richard Ryder. Yeah. 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 You don't want to. Yeah. It's too wanna, close to. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't think, don't think too deeply about the Richard Ryder. Yeah. Dude. Uh, <laughs> Marvin, what's your first Marvel pick? So my first Marvel thing is, mo- is a fix. This movie's already existed. Oh. Um, but uh, I've always wanted to like have it be done. It, it'll it'll never happen now because the movie's already out. But this is the way I would have preferred if they had done it. Um, and you guys know that for various reasons, um, the Doctor Strange movie is kind of like close to my chest uh, for various reasons. Yeah. Um, but I was always disappointed with the way it it kind of played out. Because the problem is that, you know, all the trappings of it seem to make sense, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I I think that Benedict Cumberbatch is actually a great choice for Doctor Strange. Um, and I like that it tried to lean towards it being more mystical. But the thing I think I didn't like was that I didn't like it was Scott Derrickson. Uh, I think he wasn't a very great choice. I mean, he's, you know, the director of Sinister. Um, it's not necessarily the choice I would choose for Doctor Strange. Also, you got, you got a Bagul problem, man. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie had a Bagul problem. Uh, it definitely did. <laughs> um, and uh, it was just another origin story in a in a universe where we're already getting sick of it. You know, like Spider Man Homecoming, they didn't just do another origin story. Even in Civil War, they didn't like do an origin story for him. They were just like, "Here's Spider Man," you know. And it's like, yeah, you fucking know it. You don't have to watch Uncle Ben yeah. die again. Yeah, and I get that a lot of people don't know Doctor Strange, but there have been successful movies where you can do Doctor Strange, where successful movies where you can introduce a character without it being like an origin story. So for one, I would have Benedict Cumberbatch, even though in the original he's he's a New Yorker, I would just have him just play British because you can tell he struggles to act correctly when he's trying to keep up an American accent. He got better by Infinity War and Endgame. But you can tell there are scenes in Doctor Strange where he's like really trying to come off as natural when he's not used he's to hitting it. those R's really hard. Yeah. And it's like, just just let him be British. Like, no one will know that it's Doctor Strange. No one. No one's going to be like, hey, wait a minute. 
You know, they'll be like, he's fine. He's just let him have a British accent. You probably already imagined him with a British accent anyway when you're reading. Which yeah, which is funny because I always did. I always <laughs> yeah. was like he, this guy has to be British. Even in the fucking Marvel versus Capcom three, like uh, Marvel Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three, he has a basically a British accent. So you're like, yeah, let's just give him a British accent. It's fine. Two, the ancient one, just don't step on that landmine. Like, because that was a huge point of contention, right? Everyone was like. Uh, would it be more racist to have it be an Asian man or was it more racist to have it be a bald Irish lady? And I think both ways are dumb. Uh, just don't <laughs> have that character. Who cares? The ancient one is not an important character in any continuity. So fuck it. And three, I would structure it like the first Hellboy where it would be like, hey, here's a fish out of water character. Maybe it's like Ant-Man or something. Just someone who's a funny guy. And have him be a fish out of water and accidentally enter the Doctor Strange world. And he's like, what the fuck? And like, hi, I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, I've already been doing all this shit throughout the Marvel Universe for the past blah, blah, blah. Here's what's been going on. And you would cut to other movies where it turns out he's been involved, but he's been involved in a mystical way and has been trying to be unnoticed. So like hmm. maybe he was there during Thor, the first Thor, and like was actually like mitigating some damage that was happening when the fucking thing attacked the town or whatever, or like during Avengers, he was actually like doing damage control, which actually turned out to be what the ancient one was doing in Endgame, Right. So yeah. mm -hmm. just have this character have already existed. Who cares where the, the magic comes from? Like <laughs> he's a magician, you know, and like in Hellboy it worked just fine. They just said, Oh, he came out of hell one day. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he got adopted and now entered yeah. the weird world of Hellboy, And it works perfectly fine as a movie that's true though we they established so hard like everything having realistic origins in this even like they even try and realism up like the asgardian stuff yeah and it's just like you don't need to like let, let yourself get weird and that's the other thing is that like i think it's awesome the the fight style that sam hargrave set for the marvel universe but i think it's a shame that the magicians in wizards in doctor strange basically fight the same way the only difference is that they can conjure their own weapons i don't think magicians should fight like kung fu people i think they should fight like weird wizards and fight like by throwing lightning bolts and shit at each other not by throwing like electric whips and like hitting each other with kicks i think that was a weird move i think that happened because scott derrickson isn't necessarily like you know an action director so usually with marvel movies they go you take care of the rest of the movie, we'll take care of the action. And I think that's what happened here, where they're like, let's try to insert the way we do action into Marvel, into this Doctor Strange movie. And I think it just wasn't a great fit. Uh, I wish it was just, like, you know, like the sequence when he's fighting Thanos in, in, in Infinity War, where all this weird shit's happening. Like yeah. he starts like growing arms and like, like huge, like, like beams of light and like warping reality around him and like there's a deleted scene where he's like being forced to go through like um uh the same like mystical like uh, magic dream thing that was happening when uh the ancient one first hit him in this movie like things like that is awesome it should be more of that that should be how they fight they should fight in weird like crazy ways and also the villain shouldn't be just mads mickelson with with like eye makeup like with, it should be something eyes? Yeah, it's gotta be something weird. Like Dormammu actually would be fine if he was the main overall villain. 
The other thing I was thinking about the time stone thing is that maybe he would like use the time stone as a way to like make people go, don't worry, every nothing happened like in MIB or like they flash people. Instead, yeah. he uses the time stone to reverse like the 10 minutes to be like, nothing happens. Don't worry. He just disappears. But that that would be like my general take on what I think Doctor Strange it would have been more fun, I think, that way. I also think, like, if he had a director like a like Hellboy, so like a Guillermo del Toro or someone who is more interested in making something really strange, that would have been uh, strange. Uh, that would have been a lot better. And I wish they would just avoid the landmine of the Ancient One altogether, because why even deal with it? No one even cares about this. I if if you remove the Ancient One of Doctor Strange. I don't think even the most hardcore fan will be like, where's the ancient one? Like, who who would care? Do you yeah. even remember who that is? That's there's a reason that they're just called the ancient one. They don't even have a name. And then uh, I think it would have benefited from not being so like confined by the, the origin formula of being like, well, he's got to be funny and he's got to know Kung Fu and he's got to, you know, got to have a Tony Stark mustache. Like this should have been the movie where they really changed the formula and been like, oh, Marvel has gotten really different. But instead, it ended up being like really formulaic to me. So now we know that Sam Raimi is going to be the new director of the sequel. Do you think he's going to be a good director for this movie? I'm excited for it because even though Sam Raimi doesn't always have the best like intuition onto what's appropriate for a movie, that's what makes his movies special, I think, mm -hmm. where it's like. You shouldn't do that. Sam Raimi, don't don't make Peter Parker uh, get emo hair and then dance down the street pointing finger guns at people. Uh, but I enjoy that. So. <laughs> so, if, so, if, so if Doctor Strange does something like that, I'd be happy. He also like he's lucked into a lot of things just by making something he thinks is cool that is just so inherently not cool that's what i mean though and, like, fucking like stupid. after a while i wonder if it's luck and i wonder if it's just like you know like when two frequencies are off sync at the exact right time and it it, it, it hits each other to create a harmonic frequency that's what i think's happening here <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i mean know? i i so i have i have weird inside information where like <laughs> sam raimi definitely thinks like what he's making is like a great and high production and scary. Like I, I guess when uh, when they screened um, "Drag Me to Hell," and the audience was laughing the whole way through, and then they got like a big applause. He was devastated because he thought they had made a legitimately <laughs> terrifying movie. Um, and it's like I think I think part of it is just that his taste is so fucking off that it just hits it. It just, there's something about, it's, it's the thing we talked about last time. It's that trying and failing. There's, there's a charm in that, that is beyond just lazy filmmaking or just bad filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like he, he legitimately thinks what he's doing is the right choice and it's yeah. just fucking wrong. And it yeah. like a lot of the time it works. I just, I would, the only reason I would worry with a Marvel movie is with like, he always makes movies like indies, kind of like um, that's you know, true. so many filmmakers. And I feel like every time they've had someone who's like, I kind of shoot movies like an indie. Other than Taika, they've had like a lot of problems. James um, Gunn shot movies like indies, like like it, it was his true. big. It was his big first. But that's but the thing though is that James 
both Taika and James Gunn are highly technical directors. Like they understand the process of filmmaking yeah. technically extremely well. So when they just scaled up to a larger production, they just fit in right away because they just understand immediately what to do. Um, yeah. I do wonder how, I mean, Sam Raimi, he, he did direct like some of the biggest Spider-Man films ever, but I wonder how well he slotted into that in the first place. Spider-Man 2 is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man so, and, and and really innovative, I think. And he brought in the, even the indie stuff, like the the scene where they're trying to cut off the arms at the at the emergency room. And like they have like the snap zooms of yep. ladies going, ah! and then when he was yeah. free and he does the dramatic like spinning to show off the chip on his neck and yep. spinning yep. back. That's all super cheesy and I think works really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I actually really enjoy all that. Uh, speaking of weird and, and <laughs> out of the normal um the one i picked was um to redo ghost rider yeah. yeah it needs it i mean as much as i very ironically love all fucking nick cage things yeah, and yeah. especially ghost rider one because ghost rider two is real painful i kind of like ghost rider two a little bit <laughs> I thought like, okay, so these guys that did Crank, they're going to go over and do Ghost Rider and they're going to, now that they have a bigger budget, they're going to, you know, really do some cool stuff on film, but no, they, they still did it on like digital and it doesn't look cool. It does not look cool. So who, who I would get, get to be Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider. So uh, we, you would still do Johnny Blaze. You wouldn't yeah, go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I stay with Johnny Blaze. Started off with him, and I would cast Ben Foster as yeah. Johnny. Yeah, oh, that's a Johnny great. Blaze. That's a great choice to direct it. I would get Ari Aster, the director yeah. of mm-hmm. Hereditary and Midsommar. That's an interesting choice. The moments could be smaller. Ari's really good at like small moments, but then like you could have a lot of big, fun, crazy out there stunts and like fights, <laughs> like the Ghost Rider. <laughs> I'm just imagining now Ghost Rider is having a tense dinner. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Rider just freaks out dinner. And turns into <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's basically it. I would, I would just would you go would you go rated R or would you go like PG thirteen? There's a nice happy spot where it doesn't have to be rated R. It could be, it could be, it could be really scary and still be PG PG thirteen. You know. So you want it to be like a scary Ghost Rider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Interesting. yeah. And Interesting. I, you gotta, you gotta have Satan. Of course, would be in the movie, right? Yeah, Mephisto. And there. yeah, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, you know who would play? Who would be good to play like Johnny Blaze's dad? Would be Nicolas Cage. Keep Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. As as in the, in the movie. I love you, son. <laughs> I really like Ben Foster. I think he's he's a badass and. Just imagine him in a fucking motorcycle, dude. Yeah, he's he's fucking awesome. Yeah, and I mean, uh, that'd be a very interesting take from what most people think of when they think Ghost Rider. So that would be like a scary because usually, like when people think Ghost Rider, they think like oh metal album, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that's, yeah, it's interesting. Now, I, I would yeah. go with like like a lot darker, and uh, if we were casting Satan, I would go with. Um, Let's just do it. He's played it before. He could do it again. Al Pacino. <laughs> nice. That'd be good. That'd actually Ooh, be really good. Uh, I'm going to give you a deal, Johnny. Yeah. Oh, man. Just, Which just, one of these motorcycles? Just to get Al Pacino in a Marvel movie would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just that like would... really, really hamming it up, dude. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And and if you like, I, I I do like this horror angle because then it would give more like weight because his ultimate move is the penance stare, right? Where like mm -hmm. he'll look in your soul and like there's different variations of what penance stare means, but like to some people it means you relive all your guilt or or it, to other people it's like anything you've done immorally in general you have to relive but like either way you can like show some like fucked up psychological imagery using that and that could be yeah cool. and just imagine like the cool stunts they could do with like the motorcycle riding around and there was some cool stuff in the first one i kind of i rewatched the trailer and stuff just to be like well what am i what did i miss what am i not remembering there was a cool stunt where like it's going up the building and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah i was just yeah. gonna say the up yeah. the building thing is yeah. was the that was the thing yeah. the trailer shot that was like all right well we gotta see this thing yeah yeah i uh that's that's what i would do and and really lean into like more of the horror stuff and and darker stuff and rob thomas would score the movie yeah. Oh, okay. perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural, baby. He's a he's a pushy he's a pushy guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, well, one of the big things I was going to say that we should talk about is it. I think it would be insane for them not to do this, and it seems like they're shying away from it. But Deadpool should absolutely be the new Stanley cameo. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to keep going with his movies, fine. Like because it's too extreme or whatever, or you you don't know what to do with him because you're Disney and you've got a very specific ideal. You know, you've got your ideals and you've got an idea of what everything is. But do like, you think they're done? come on, how great done? would it be if he just shows up and just fucking messes with everybody who? Is I also can't a movie? believe that they're done. Like they make so much money. Yeah, and they don't cost too much to make because they were saying maybe we'll just keep it a Fox thing. And, you know, yeah. if it's Fox, then sure, whatever. But I, I feel like that'd be a great replacement for that. Yeah, like, for sure. It's something we're all going to miss. You know, it's it became at first it was like, some, oh, there's Stan. And then it became something distracting. It was like, oh, my God, they're doing this again. And then it became that like super endearing. Like we look forward to it every movie. Like where's Stan going to be? That was not me. I, <laughs> I, I wanted him. I'm not going to lie. I wanted him to be done with the things a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> My next pick uh, is because, and I think it works because we're all going with this weird angle. But Squirrel Girl. Oh yeah, that's that's they gotta do something with that. She's so bonkers. Like the whole the the production history and like creation and everything. It was like a Steve Ditka original. It was like just him. There was no Stan Lee in this one. So it was just like Steve thinking about. She's like, what if I don't know? We're uh, what if there's a girl named Doreen and she fucking. Uh, I don't know. Her last name's Green because it ma it rhymes. Doreen Green, sure. And she, I don't know. She can talk to squirrels. What if? What if we did that? That'd be awesome. Yep. And like it. it, she's a charming character, and she's a lot of fun. But also, like, I think that there's a there's that balance of walking, you know, something weird through the door, and then kind of seeing how that works because it's similar to Ant Man. Like, and that could be a point of contention in the group if ever it crosses over. Where she's, you know, she's like, you have stupid powers. And he's like, you talk to squirrels. But then she like saves the universe. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I would do like the, the return because like the newer stuff is more dynamic with her having to balance college. Yeah, the Ryan North stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, she's like 
for a long time she's the um like the nanny to Luke Cage and Jessica Jones's kid like yeah. just weird I just like that weird thing quite a bit <laughs> yeah and just just kind of weird weird stuff that they're just like let's try it and see what sticks to the wall I feel like and this is one like you don't need the origin story you're just gonna kind of have to accept that she exists and the reason we don't know about her is she's never had to do anything big enough kind of similar to the Spider-Man deal like She's just saving things where she is and hasn't really fully realized what she can accomplish with her powers. I was just like, you know, it would be really, really fun to watch. And it's like, there'd be some like really fun, like girl power stuff and some, you know, really cool, like they could, there's a lot of good comedy um, in the, in the comic itself, but there's also a lot of good uh, comedic kind of fodder in the character and in the world that she's in and i was actually thinking i was thinking a long time and like i kept having the same name come to me because i think she's fucking great but beanie feldstein would be an Hmm. awesome squirrel girl i think because a we've never seen her do something that's particularly badass everything's always been kind of to serve the comedic moment for her um like in book smart and stuff like that but uh, she's got the charisma. I think she could play the action angle for sure. And I think it would be, you know, it would be nice body positive stuff because Squirrel Girl's always been like more of a body positive image in certain lights. Like sometimes they draw her super thin, but most of the time she's just kind of a normal person. I think it would be cool to have one person on this team or of superheroes just be kind of a normal person. Uh, and she, you know, she could just hold her own with the the larger group. Like, you know, adding that comedic element if they want to mix her in with, you know, any of the crossover stuff, which of course is not necessary. She could just exist kind of simultaneously. Um, and what's funny is I actually thought, before I thought of Beanie Feldstein, I was like, Olivia Wilde, I feel like, could do something really interesting with that she gets it like the stuff she's produced and you know she's she's a good editor she's a good writer she's a good producer she's a really great director she's the package and i think she could okay she could knock that i thought out for, for a sure. second you were saying olivia wilde will play squirrel girl okay <laughs> no 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 beanie feldstein for squirrel girl, for squirrel girl. <laughs> i thought That's... you had swapped them for a second no like, oh, okay <laughs> you know what forget beanie feldstein i said a lot of things that were very body positive things but you know what olivia wilde throw her in. <laughs> let's just make her older who gives a shit um she's gone back to college she's actually a failure (laughs) at life (laughs) like nova's a lot bigger it's a lot more like intensive and this is a lot smaller like this could be done on a you know tv show scale um as much as i would prefer just to see a movie um it would be great in on you know in the scale of a movie because it it the thing that makes the smaller movies pop is that they are smaller movies. Like that's that's what like that's the thing about Ant-Man is it it's a giant movie but only because he's tiny. So like by pun it is a smaller movie. It it works because it's not like the the stakes aren't insane necessarily. Like it's just kind of a dude who got thrown into some stuff and then we get a heist and like it's not a perfect movie by any means. Um but it is fun and i think the reason that is as fun as it is is that it's a smaller movie also but but squirrel girl has like a long history of stuff you could mine for she's like she's mm-hmm. canonically stops dr doom when the avengers come yeah. out. <laughs> mm. so 
she's uh she's and there's a lot of fun stuff i i, I really like the ryan north run of unbeatable squirrel girl i think it it really added a lot of charm to her character and i think there's a lot you can mine there as well well i also chose a great lakes avenger um, oh but uh this is more of a concept because i don't know who would direct i'm not even sure entirely what the story would be it's just i find this character's premise fascinating and i think you can do something really cool with it um, and I would and I've always thought about it. I think if you did some sort of movie based around Mr. Immortal, it could be really cool. Um, the main reason is that he's a, he's a joke character, the Mr. Immortal. Um, he's the leader of the Great Lakes Avengers mm-hmm. and his Who squirrel girl works with. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and it, Great Lakes Avengers, for people who don't know, it's literally Marvel's own parody of the Avengers. Um, like they're like, I think they're based out of Wisconsin or something. And then uh, they they just they just suck at what they do because they're a team of, <laughs> of losers. Um, like it's Mr. Immortal, Big Bertha, Doorman and Flatman. That's the, that's the core team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and as you would think, Doorman is literally I think he just creates portals. Right. But they're not yeah, very he just good makes doors. Yeah. And then and Flatman's literally just a bad Mr. Fantastic. And then, which they, is hard to do because Mr. Fantastic <laughs> sucks. Like yeah, uh, until they got better, like yeah. it was just like, oh, good, he stretches. Okay, cool. Where's what's the next one? Yeah, and then Big Bertha is just basically a lady version of the Blob, but she can turn it on and off. And mm-hmm. then, and then you have Mr. She's Hulk Blob. Yeah, Hulk Blob. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And she then Hulk have, Blob, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have Mr. Immortal, who's just a regular man named Craig Hollis. Uh. Ooh, even though he's a joke, his backstory is like super interesting. So like basically when his mother was on her deathbed, she made a pact to the cosmic entity Death Urge, who's basically a death god, to always look after her son. And he agreed, which means because he is the source of one of the sources of death in this universe, uh, and he promised to look after Craig. Craig can now not die. So when he commits, when he tries to kill himself or he, someone kills him in like a few minutes, his body will just return back to normal. He'll still feel the pain of everything uh, the, of he felt when he died, but he is essentially immortal. Um, hence the name Mr. Immortal to the point where there's a, I forget which comic, but there's a comic where someone explains to him that he has basically transcended humanity. And that he will be the only remaining human left when the universe ends. So he's like, this is like, it turns from like, haha, as a joke, he's a basically a joke character because he just dies all the time to, no, he's going to see the end of the universe and he's going to understand the truth of everything. So <laughs> I feel like you could make an interesting movie where you start off with that weird premise and like somehow have it go throughout the course of the marvel universe like and somehow even like catapulted into the future i don't know how you would do this for sure you would have to have like a really large idea like you would have to see what this this phase four stuff would be to like kind of hint at it as you make movies about it and and he, and he catapults into the future he tries to be a superhero but he keeps failing because he's just he has no real power the only power is that he can't die but like maybe he keeps trying maybe he's like mr furious from 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 the mystery men he's just he's just he's just trying really hard but he can't really do anything like mentally imagine like a nathan fillion or something like that playing him where he's just like 
I'm just trying my best, but ah, uh, and then and I don't even know who would direct it. I just think it's a really interesting idea. Like a lot of the best comic book character premises are almost like sci-fi or science fantasy premises where you're like, what if this existed? And then you kind of run with it, you know, like that's kind of yeah. like how how like Extremis started off for, for Iron Man. Right. Or like, yeah. Um, yeah, or or Thor, when you come up with the premise of like, OK, what if someone else can get the hammer because they're more worthy? Then you get an interesting story just out of that premise and you get. Yeah. You know, Beta well, in, in, uh, in Deadpool 2, um, that whole thing with him, like casting the group is like and they're all fucking failures like I that. I'm pretty sure has to be it's either un it's unintentionally like Great Lakes Avengers or it is yeah. like a nod at it. But like the, yeah. the only difference is like because he takes Sugar Bear um, yeah. and like the guy who shows up uh, for Great Lakes Avengers because it's like he he like puts an advertisement, right? It's like an advertisement for costume like heroes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he gets like all these just ragtag of like the people who can't get superhero jobs basically. Yeah, and there's like a leather, like a leather fetish guy whose <laughs> name I can never remember. But I remember that he's like, nah, nah, dude, that you're the only one I'm saying no to. And like, I thought it was funny in um, Deadpool because like they were doing all that. That was as I, was I mean, laughing, Deadpool was, was like, a Great Lakes great. Avengers for, uh, Avenger yeah. for a certain time. So, I mean, like, and that's another thing you could through maybe maybe one of the plots is that because he wants to make a difference, but he can't by himself. He starts the Great Lakes Avengers and gathers a team that way, you know, but a running joke of the Great Lakes Avengers is that they all keep dying. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe it could be something like that. But, but that also be like that's also tremendously tragic for a character like Mr. Immortal. Everyone he loves is going to eventually die and he won't. It's just an interesting character because it's like weird cosmic stuff with the death god. And then there's like actual funny stuff with the fact you can get a lot of dark humor with like you know, happy death day style humor with like someone just dying a lot in weird different ways. But then yeah. also an actual like kind of sad, tragic thing in that he has to contend with the fact that being immortal actually isn't awesome. Like because uh, it's really painful and a lot of his friends and family are not going to get to go along for the ride with him. So it's it's just it's an idea I've always had in the back of my mind. Like I always think about, oh, if if I get to pitch anything to Marvel one day, it might be something like that because it's something really out of left field and they would hate it. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know. I got to get into them because they sound, I mean, especially Immortal Man sounds really dark and yeah, it, it's kind of like interviewing like, with a vampire type of thing, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like the actual presentation of him isn't necessarily dark. And then you go, whoa, that's weird. His best friend is literally a death god and they think because it's his friend will never kill him his like his dad growing up thought he had an imaginary friend <laughs> you know and it's like weird stuff like that and i think that's cool stuff you could try to play around with and if you started off framing it differently you could have that weird mix of dark humor with like the kind of tragic stuff and i think it could turn out well so my pick is something we all know is gonna get made just don't know when <laughs> uh it's probably the i don't know i picked the the one that was the most popular i think uh i picked fantastic four mm. oh, oh i like the huh? bell you gave me dude yeah or you could have given me this <laughs> 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 <Chow>. excellent 
Um, Fantastic Four. Right? Like, it's going to get made, right? Oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like they're going to fold them in into something. Somehow. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, and it's yeah. going to be this this coming phase. Um, and it, there's only one person that could play Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, Adam Richards. Driver. Uh, well, <laughs> actually, that's not a bad choice. That, <laughs> that's not bad. But he's already torn by the fact that he's in Star Wars. I don't think he wants another fandom. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't like it very much, I think. <laughs> It would have to be John Krasinski. Whoa, interesting. Okay. John Krasinski uh, yeah. writing, directing, and starring. I agree. In Fantastic Four. So the most obvious choice is that Emily Blunt is, is <laughs> right. playing his wife. This is just, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's Invisible Woman. Um, but if you don't want to go that way, look, it, it, it would be perfect if she was cast in it. It that would, would be. just be it would be amazing. Sue Storm. Be, Chemistry would already yeah. be instantly be there. Yes. Well. Yeah. And yeah. she'd bring yeah. she'd bring charisma to a role that is just riddled. Usually milk issues. toast. She's usually yeah. just a beat like like the, the victim of, of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. usually yeah. what she's yeah. played at. Or yeah. Jessica Alba. Either one of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um so she would be very good and, and would fit right in and but it's too obvious. So if you're not gonna get Emily Blunt, I would go with Anna Darmas as mm-hmm. as sue storm mm-hmm. and um it's a good call yeah just make it different and 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 as johnny storm i would get the guy that was just in 1917 uh george mckay mm-hmm. oh, okay i think i think he i mean he has really sad eyes but i think he could be funny and i just saw a trailer with him in like this romantic comedy and he was kind of really charming so i i think it would work yeah, that dude's got um, a lot of charisma. Yeah, yeah. yeah but and he does look like he's always on the verge of about to, to like burst the tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to play uh thing, The Rock, dude. The Rock as oh, yeah. The Rock. I was gonna say the, the Rock, rock is, is the Rock is the choice. It's like yeah. The Rock or like Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. Uh, oh yeah. Or you or you get him Roman Reigns in there. Yeah. If you want some wrestler, if you want to do something different and he's he's not actually like a wrestler, he's just a normal dude who gets turned into this rock. I would go with (laughs) Steve Carell. He'd be interesting. (laughs) He'd also he'd also be a good Reed Richards. I think Steve Carell. He's a little older. Oh, yeah. Because Steve Carell, because Reed part of Reed Richards, character is that he's an asshole. Like, but he like kind of keeps that in check. Yeah. Steve Carell can play that super well. Yeah. And so this is this is a lot of people being thrown, but you he could either if you're not going to get John Krasinski, if you're going to go with an older Reed Richards, then you go with Steve Carell. But I think John Krasinski just is the right age for to do a couple of these. He's great. also pretty proven now. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I think people will be like, that's safe. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to yeah. if if because he was going to be at one point, he was going to be um Captain America. And then if I was just if I was gonna cast the villain, we're we're gonna go with Doctor Doom. If we're gonna yeah, go there, you have to. Yeah, it's... if you're gonna go like he's foreign, go with Daniel Craig. You could do some Ooh. sort of weird accent, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he's he got the eyes villain. that would come through the mask too. Yeah, he's yeah. very menacing too. So like yeah. that would work really well. Yeah. Um, if you want to go a little crazy, like it just this is an obvious choice, but Tim Tim Roth would be good. Mm-hmm. He's a little older though. <laughs> uh. But Daniel Craig would just the eyes would would would. Well, would Daniel Craig, I think I'd 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 believe more as a crazy dictator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and it's it's easy to tie them in because like, and this is we I think we've we've talked about this in the car before, but like your best bet I think there is like if you and it's like it's shoehorning of course because that's what it always ends up being, but like if they're on their way to like they're they've got the portal set up, they've got their suits ready, they're all ready to go, and then New York gets hit by the fucking Chitauri and yeah. then they get zapped out and they return after all of this end game shit has happened uh, and they're yes, like what yes. the fuck what the holy fuck happened now we have powers that we have to deal with all of this stuff like we lot they lost you know longer than everybody else did in the blip um <laughs> and they yeah it'd be yeah. funny if they came back and they're like oh we have powers now we're really unique and yeah. then they lo- they watch the news and they're like oh okay well, everybody in the mom has it was powers. a whole battle of unique people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not really shoehorning because it's the only way you could kind of do something like that and get away with like, well, they've just been here all along in New York, you know? Like, yeah, because yeah, why they would they, they why out. would they be there not, you know, operating? You'd see a human torch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless so something in the Eternals is what's gonna give us X-Men, right? That's kind of what we all think that's the rumor it's probably going to at least introduce mutants and you're right it w- they would have lost way more because they would have lost the five years and then however long they were gone <laughs> so like 10 15 years and they'd be back and be like what the fuck did we do yeah it'd be interesting if reed richards like blamed himself for like exactly i was gonna say yeah he'd think yeah. it was his fault and then that he opened the portal and stuff and like there's no Tony Stark to like break it down. Like, no, you idiot. It was new. The thing is that John Krasinski is just such a good, nice guy that it, it, it'd be, he's the right person to play it, but um, he'd really have to push him being like kind of an asshole a little bit. He could do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Cause you know, it, it just got to push. A, a, yeah. 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 And he would have to direct it. He would just have to direct it. Um, I, in fact, I don't think anyone else, I could, I could pick anybody else to direct it. That would be cool. The first Marvel movie directed and acted by one guy. Cause mm. no one's, oh, I guess Taika has done that technically, right? Yeah. Also technically, technically the Russos have done it. Oh, also John Favreau. Yes. Uh, yeah. From the very beginning. It's been all yeah, fucked. Yeah, this is all yeah. fucked. We fucked my, up. my theory does not hold up. <laughs> We're but it would be fucked. the first leading leading actor to lead role. Himself. Yes. Lead, yeah, yeah. Yes. So. Yes. There yeah. we go. Oh, man. All right, Marcel. All right. So this actually ties in with Nova. But I would do a spinoff of everything else. And I would do a Champions movie. Because hmm. A, Champions are fucking cool. Uh, and B, it's a good way to establish characters um, that we already know everything about. And also to force them to establish characters like Ms. Marvel. Because um, Champions is a group. It's Miles Morales, Spider-Man. It's Ms. Marvel. It's Nova. It's um, Hulk, who's Amadeus Cho. Yeah, the young one, the new one. Yeah, he's like young Asian Hulk. Um, and Viv Vision, who is like a daughter of Vision and Scarlet Witch. And it's also teenage Scott Summers. Scarlet Witch? She got she got blipped away, right? During the Infinity War? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. She came okay. back. Yeah. Okay. Because technically, she could have been, I mean, she could have been pregnant when she got True. blipped. True. And we don't know, like, we don't know what, what, um, what kind of the situation was. Yeah, Vision's we don't know dealing what, with, you know? Well, yeah, we don't know what Iron Man gave him. He could have given him all kinds <laughs> of crazy shit. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's why, all why these was guys. Why was there a teenage and, version of Cyclops? I forgot. Uh, so Cyclops, that's a newer thing because like his, his the version of him in the X Men comics has been this teenage Scott Summers who's like uh, embroiled in like the cosmic stuff. So he um, basically finds out that his parents are not his parents and that his father is someone in space. And it ends up being the reveal ends up being that his father's Corsair, who's like a space pirate, basically. Oh, okay. Um, And Corsair basically is like, Hey son, you want to come with me and learn the family business? And he's like, shit. Yeah. Let's explore the fucking space land. And then they go to space and there's a bunch of adventures and stuff. And the comics are great. Um, and he's a cool character. And, uh, so I guess to start it off, I would do miles. I'd, I'd cast Shamik Moore who already played him in the, Mm -hmm. in, in Spider-Verse. And he not only is just the voice of Miles Morales, like when you think miles, you hear that voice. Um, but also he just, he looks like him. Like that was modeled after him and he's, he's fucking great. So that's, I feel like that's a shoe in and it could also tie things together if they wanted to do that. Um, Ms. Marvel needs to be a new actress. And the biggest reason is there are no, there, there is not an abundance of Pakistani actresses who are working right now. And like mm-hmm. she's Pakistani in the comics. That's a huge part of her character. So if they lean into that, it would make sense to actually cast someone from the right place. It'd have to at this point. Um, it's, it's such an yeah. ingrained part of, of why of why she feels certain things in the comics. Exactly. And I think that that's I don't have a pick for that because that needs to be something that they find. Like they yeah. need to do the legwork and get out there and like, you know, not only do Middle Eastern stars need more of a more of a bump that's not just playing the bad guy in any movie where someone's looking for treasure, but like there needs to be I mean, the equality across the board is obviously all out of balance and, and all out of whack. But, like, that is one that needs to be fresh because, A, it brings no stigma. No one knows who this person is, which is the best way to kind of bring forward a superhero is, like, don't have someone be a superhero who's already a million other things unless they fall into it perfectly, which is kind of like, the you know, the, the Captain America, the Iron Man. Like, these guys mm-hmm. fell in. And you were like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Well, he was Johnny Storm and he was in The Losers and he was in a bunch of stuff. But like, this is his, this is his role. Um, but anyway, so that's that. Nova we already have. That's Marcel Ruiz from earlier. Um, Amadeus Cho, I would go with Ross Butler, who's in Shazam. He's one of the Shazamily at the end. Um, and he's on Riverdale. And he's been in, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, okay. And I think I don't like Riverdale. Um, I've seen some over Kalen's shoulder and it bothers me and irritates me. But uh, I think with the stuff I've seen with him, I'm like, this guy is is kind of fun and could, I think he could fall into that, um, into that role pretty well. Um, because he has a little bit of a Bruce Bannery kind of quality to him. And uh, Viv Vision, I think you'd have to go completely with uh, Billy Lord because I just think that she is she's just a kook like i think she could pull it off like her stuff her all of her roles have been very different and she always kind of takes this secondary character role um which this still would be because it would be part of a, a larger team she's carrie fisher's daughter and she broke away from that largely in Booksmart, which i mean she was a scene stealer in that movie like every time she was on screen you were like that is fantastic 
this is a funny character played by a funny person, and this is great. And I think she's just she's able to do weird, and I think Viv Vision has to be weird. And we've said weird a lot tonight, and I'm I'm so happy that we have. Yeah. Um, and then my last pick would be Scott Summers. I would, and I know like this is a little like navel gazing, but uh, Lucas Hedges is a fucking good actor, and um, he plays young really well, and he's got a lot of a lot of range, and I feel like that would make a really interesting Scott Summers because Scott is such an asshole you, you, but you would get a really intense scott summers yeah 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 he was kind of interesting in in mid 90s too he was like yeah exactly very different like he he was dark but he was like he had a lot going on he's just he's a he's a guy who is able to play complex characters um and mm-hmm. and really really pull them off and then uh there's uh from all of the the marvel stuff and she's done a bunch of work and i feel like i don't i in this situation, it's kind of one of those things where maybe you would just like do the wild card where you're like, all right, we have like this string of superheroes that we don't really know what to do with. And they're like all teenage based and all all just kind of, you know, they're young. They're going to be doing their own thing. It's who knows how big the plot of this would be. I mean, it wouldn't be world ending portals to another dimension kind of shit. Like it would be something smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking Heidi Moneymaker who it, it's I, I I guess you can't really have a movie directed by someone named Heidi Moneymaker, but she's um she's worked if on it bombs then it, it just bad, I know, bad business. That's, you know? It's it's too it's too ahead of itself. Um but she was like she was a fight choreographer on um a bunch of the Marvel movies and she was uh mm-hmm. the stunt double for Black Widow, I think. Black Widow, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like she's she's shot some of the the action stuff and a lot of people come from that side. And I think, I don't know, the the stuff that she's done is really goddamn impressive. It would definitely feel more, it would be more of an action film that way than it would be like a bunch of teenagers hanging out or whatever. You're loving, you're loving hiring these, these, these stunt, stunt coordinators. Yeah. It's, they've proven to just be able to fucking like, look at John Wick. My God, look at John Wick. And look at uh, Extraction. Yeah. I mean, Extraction worked. I mean, it's it's fine. Like, it does what it's supposed to do. But for these superhero movies, like, there's, you know, writers and the, the, the team is so much larger than just, like, the director as a whole. Yeah. Um, that, like, it the team effort, you need people who can pull that shit off well, which is one of the reasons why, like, Thor 1, in my opinion, is one of my least favorite marvel movies because it just doesn't do it forgets that it's a superhero movie because it's directed by a thespian like that's yeah they don't and they also don't know <laughs> yeah for sure for sure i mean what, that i could the, go the, the limpest introduction how... like you could not imagine a limper introduction for hawkeye than that movie like it's yeah just that's you i mean pull, it, you pull the bow and the then i guess he just didn't shoot it <laughs> yeah 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 because like wouldn't... imagine the entrance of an archer character him pulling a bow and then not letting that bow loose that yeah <laughs> that is well, it's, it's, just it's, it's just great... to show he's there yeah yeah um, <sighs> it's it's an exercise in self-control dude <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, that's it's that's what like, Hawkeye's known I, for: self control. <laughs> like, I don't love Thor one necessarily, but like, the, the, it, one of its biggest issues is just that it is a sequel to a movie we didn't get to see, and the movie we want that we didn't get to see was a more interesting movie, and mm. would give more interesting meaning to that being a sequel. Like, starting your character as "Oh fuck, I don't have powers now. I'm a fish out of water." is a shitty thing when we need to establish his powers in more than one action sequence. Um, well, also establish his his powers in an action sequence grounded in Earth. Because when you ground it in Asgard, you're like, okay, but they're they're all like this, right? Yeah. Like what what is different, you know? It's like you don't you don't even quite understand what the perils are because it's not it's like he's not like fighting like a car or something. He's fighting a bunch. I guess this is what you do in Asgard, you know. So it's like hard to really gauge what what the the power levels are here. And then so when he gets to Earth, you just like guess. Was he really that different? I don't know. Because <laughs> they have made Avengers without Thor one now, right? Because you need Loki, right? You need to know who he is. Yeah, you'd need you'd need to have Loki because him just showing up in Avengers would be like, ah, oh, there's a guy with a pointy helmet, and then he'd be like, I'm a bad guy, and you'd be like, okay, cool, so he's a bad guy. Like it, it helps to establish him beyond the the scope by which he's the bad guy, the big bad of of Avengers. At the very least, you you couldn't introduce them the same way in Avengers. You'd have to rewrite their introductions. Like Thor yeah. literally just lands on top of the the, the plane, right? And you're like, oh yeah, shit, Thor's yeah. here now. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you would have to kind of re rewrite that origin into the Avengers, would which would have bogged it down quite a bit and made it strangely Asgard centric, if you had to make it that way. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. When you did the shitty movie to to make the Avengers, it didn't have to be shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Taika directed that first one, it could have probably been really good. <laughs> yeah. They were um, they were just feeling it out. They they were still They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have yeah, their choreography down. So like they didn't know what's funny yet. They didn't know you can't it's hard to hire Natalie Portman more than once, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are all things that you have to learn by doing. Look, you can hire her once. But you can't hire her twice. But three times it works again. Yes. The third time's a charm. Yeah. Yeah. Because the second time she'll leave your set. Should just walk out. <laughs> Marvin, what do you got? What's your what's your last pick? This is our well, last round, right? No, or is is there one? This more? last round. I I I have three, but I'm just gonna go through them really fast because go, one go. is one is like a, a thing I would like to see. One is another fix, and one is more of a wish. I also okay. thought of another one that I'd like to to make. Here, I'm gonna oh. just jump in and give him the oh, okay. pitch. Okay, okay. Um, okay. it's it's a really slow burn. Hear me out. Hear God me damn, out. I knew this was coming. Burn. I knew this was coming. It's a slow burn movie <laughs> about where these people were when they got dusted. When they got yeah, dusted yeah, in yeah. Infinity War, it's a slow burn movie about like the plane they were at. Not not airplane, but the the plane physical of plane. Yeah. yeah, he he means he means the the field that they were yeah. in. Yes, yes, because it's going to be directed by one beautiful <laughs> man called Terrence Malick. I knew you were going to say Terrence Malick. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Maybe they're in a wheat field. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just all the people that are dusted and they're there and they're kind of it's a very it's a spiritual exploration <laughs> of the soul and the triumph of the will. <laughs> what would they do? What would they even do? It, it, it's there's no dialogue. It's all voiceover. 
<laughs> it's just voiceover and them just walking, touching wheat fields and just <laughs> like like are we dead? What did what did like what in Gladiator? Mean? He's just walking. Yes, it's yeah. like imagine like the last five minutes of Gladiator <laughs> when he's dying, but like two hour movie. Like you are an Elysium, and then the, we yeah. get Nick Cave to to write it. Because he he originally wrote the sequel to Gladiator, where it took place in Purgatory. Yeah, we get Nick Cave, and then we get um the guy Nick who Cage. directed a uh, Nick Cage. Uh, we get Nick Cage in it too. Yeah, yeah. we'll fit him in. Um, that's my pitch. <laughs> Just bring. Why not bring Terry Malick into this, dude? Let him have a shot, dude. <laughs> have him direct the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, dude. He do fucking weird shit with that movie. Yeah, a lot of voiceover, dude. Uh, <laughs> He'd insist on a small budget. Yeah, uh, <laughs> look, it's all steady cam. Uh, Chivo Lubeski's gonna shoot it. It's gonna be oh, beautiful, man. the best cinematography you've ever seen. And like, okay, uh, it, yeah, all the budget really, would be just five minutes. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they wouldn't know it, what anything was until they got to the editing room. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Marvin. What was your next pick? <laughs> I derailed this. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was your next pick? Uh, okay. Uh, my pick was, um, it's just a show I would like to see. Uh, the reason why I'm going through a fast is because I don't really know who would play it, who would run it, etc. But when I read the initial setup for X Factor Investigations, I really liked it because I just like the idea of mutants running a detective agency. This is essentially what they did with Jessica Jones. But now let's do it with multiple man, strong guy and Wolf Spain and have them uh. be a weird detective agency because because <laughs> the idea of multiple man is already really cool as a detective because, you know, you, everyone knows the power he has is to turn into multiples of himself by when he hit his chest in a certain spot. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But the thing that uh, most people gloss over of multiple man's ability is that. He remembers everything every multiple of himself has done when it returns back to him. And there's even storylines where there's a mul- some of his multiples have decided to go off and have their own lives and families and shit. And he has to eventually have them return and it fucks everything up. So it's like you could have really interesting stories with a character like that. And then you just have supporting characters of Strong Guy and Wolfsbane. You have Wolfsbane, who is a lady werewolf. And you have strong guy who's a big pink strong guy. And, you know, that's a fun. That's, you got yourself a fun, fun, uh, you know, the detective, you know, episodic story going on there. With would this be would this be linked to the like current Marvel universe? You could. Good, right? It could be as it could be as linked as the Marvel Netflix shows were, you know, yeah, where yeah. they're like, there's the remember when Thor was there. Shit. You know, that, that's fine. But. <laughs> But you could you could have it like connected in because like the 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 way like Alias started um, yeah uh, in the comics is that it was connected to uh, she was investigating some sort of conspiracy with Captain America right so maybe you could do yeah. something like that where they're like oh sh- maybe maybe it was something like before the, the place it before Winter Soldier and they're like I think something really weird's happening with Shield blah 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 and then they Jamie decides to go on a thing and does a thing. I would have loved to have seen Punisher just shooting people up in in Endgame. <laughs> that would just, have been sick. Like, he shows up through the portal. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it, 
I feel like, see the thing, here's the thing. And it's, it's still, like, it's still Ray. He's just like big and fucking cranky and just. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's like, he's like, they killed my other version of me. Now I'm fucking this guy. Of the defenders and Punisher, like probably only Punisher and Luke Cage can really do much. <laughs> yeah. The other one is just, I would like to fix Iron Fist. Oh, okay. like, cause yeah. Iron Fist's fucking sucks. Yeah. That's gonna so, take a lot of tape. So basically, yeah. here's all you have to do. Start off with, okay, this is a spoiler for Luke Cage, but end Luke Cage with Luke Cage uh, at the end. It's a minor spoiler. He doesn't go to jail. Just have him not go to jail. Just have mm-hmm. him be around. And even though that kind of, you know, changed the feeling of the ending, but just just hear me out. And then uh, when Iron Fist shows up, uh, have him meet Luke Cage right away. And then have Luke Cage beat some sense into him by saying, hey, you're a dumbass rich kid who left this entire thing just to become, just to reclaim your money. You're kind of a piece of shit. And then Iron Fist wants to make it right. And he's like, what should I do? And he's like, I don't know. We should do the right thing. Iron Fist starts doing hero work. Heroes for Hire starts. That's the first season. That's what we should do. Second season, do the Matt Fraction run of Iron Fist, where they introduce the seven capital cities of heaven. Have, you know, because they threw that away in the show when they had the stupid tournament that ran for half an episode where they just threw all those really cool characters from the comics in as like random like jobbers for Iron Fist to destroy in like half a scene. And it's like you could have done something way more interesting. You just chose not to because you don't know how to write. And then uh, after that, just don't do the event. Just don't do the defenders. Okay. Oh, the only other thing I was going to is that the wish I had is just continue Marvel. Just buy Spectacular Spider-Man from Sony and just continue that series. That's all. It was a really good show. Like, let's just break down X-Men. Who would you cast or how would how did you want to do it? I mean, I would I would do first class, but like real first class with like, Mm. you know, Scott, Angel, Iceman, Beast. Uh, Marvel Girl before like Jean Grey is like called Marvel Girl at that point like that like the yellow and black suits I do that kind of deal Mm -hmm. Um, but I would use the Scott that I was talking about from Champions so I'd still use Lucas Hedges he'd just be like our our Scott Summers now but I like I really like the first class stuff because it's just that original it's they're later comics but they're just what make those characters more special and like it feels like that old school x-men stuff whereas in the movie first class they didn't really use it they just kind of took a bunch of like b characters and were like well you like x-men so we're just gonna do it but we're gonna do without wolverine and people were like they were like "Ah, how are we gonna do this without wolverine and they're like we'll focus we'll do a really good movie about magneto and then we'll do this really shitty movie out on the outside of that (laughs) about the rest of them. Um, and like, I think, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a cool, um, it's a cool idea to, to just like bring it to its like mutant roots and just treat it as if they've been operating under the radar, you know, same, same as anything else, like not try and shoehorn them in or say that, you know, they just, they just had like some kind of radio wave that went across the world and now there are mutants all of a sudden or whatever. Like I think just saying these guys have been operating in complete secrecy for years is a cool idea for angel. I would cast Timothy Chalamet weirdly. Uh Like Mm. I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, who he's like an up and coming 
kind of like acting heavy hitter in a way. And like the last guy to play Angel was Ben Foster, who it was an up and coming heavy hitter, basically. And like Ben Foster's fucking amazing. And I wish he could play that role in a movie that wasn't dog shit. But so wasted. Yeah. And he's he's too he's too old for that shit now. And it's you know, if you want to do this version, like Chalamet would be a cool choice. I actually thought for Iceman, Justice Smith would be a really cool choice. If it was older Jean Grey, Rebecca Ferguson, like in a second, that would be mm. my choice. For a younger Jean Grey, you there's a lot of potential there, and there's a lot of potential to play with like, you know, to play with race and shake shit up a little bit. So, I mean, I would just go someone who's not the same person they keep casting. Like they keep casting a pale white woman to play with with yeah with like spray painted red hair or natural red hair but generally it's kind of just fucking died um yeah and like i think it'd be interesting to play that differently because like the swath of red hair is definitely a signature when you turn the character turns into the phoenix her hair is gonna be red exactly yeah dude so you could literally dye anyone's hair red and say the <laughs> shit already happened. <laughs> um, yeah, remember that time she's a phoenix? That shit was scary. And then just move on. Like Beast, I assume would just be a CG character, so he would just be voiced by whoever. And I honestly didn't really come up with anyone right off the bat. Like I had weird ideas, like you know, what if Josh Gad did Beast and like he we, we tried to like ground it so he's not just like in summer constantly. He's just kind of like playing it as a person. He's not singing um, show tunes. Yeah, because I or think maybe, that's what he does. Maybe go weird. Like we, we the, the theme of this episode is weird. Let's go weird. Have him sing show tunes. Yeah, a beast is a fan of show tunes, and he sings as they Don't fight people. Cry for um, me, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I I was like that would be cool. And and if you wanted to bring in Nightcrawler, I was like. Saoirse Ronan would be an interesting choice to like. Yeah, yeah. Gender bend it. She's fucking great. Let, let's just let's just get get over with. Who would you cast as a new Wolverine? Marvin. I don't know. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've I've had that conversation a million times, and I I still I hate that it always comes back there, but I feel like it's got to be Tom Hardy. Well, Tom Hardy would be badass. Glenn Danzig, man. Bring <laughs> Danzig. Back Danzig. <laughs> Danzig would be a great Richard Ryder. <laughs> Just fly out of the sky and be like, yeah, and fucking land <laughs> that shit. Like, Someone like punches the, him and just knocks him out. He's the past prime Richard Ryder, and he's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, he looks like an action figure, but he's just got a body of glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the uh, thing is, Tom Hardy's already in the Marvel universe. He's like, he's Venom. So I don't know. I don't know if they could they, do that. That's Sony, though. And Sony doesn't. Mar- like, I feel like Kevin Feige would be like, you want to fuck you guys? <laughs> Just hire yeah. him anyway. <laughs> we're, we're, take, we're taking Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, um, we're taking Tom Hardy. You can have Liev Schreiber. He wanted to try it the first time anyway. So <laughs> I'm going to pitch something very controversial. You, you, If you like it, take it. If you don't, okay. throw it back. Okay. Pete Davidson as Wolverine. Get really weird, guys. That would <laughs> he's all tatted weird. up, dude. He's all tatted up. He looks dead, dead <laughs> twice. <laughs> it's a vampire Wolverine, yeah. dude. <laughs> vampire Wolverine. Why didn't they get him to play fucking Morbius? I, I would. You know what? I would take it. I would take it. Yeah. <laughs> why not, dude? Um. Well, that's. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Look, we talked a little bit about Marvel. 
we had some laughs. Hopefully, this this uh, Terrence Malick movie gets made. Um, <laughs> God yes. damn. Hopefully, it gets made. I'll, I will say this: it would be fascinating. Like maybe give him like a budget. Like Marvel, like be like here. Here's a budget for like like a long short. Try something, yeah, Terrence. Yeah. yeah. Then, you know. Just so. just take your steady cam and go film something and see. What you, you like those Marvel with. side stories they used to have? You know. Yeah. You'd see like yeah. you know. The budget Mandarin for an idiosyncrasy. Shit. Yeah. The old, the classic long short. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing, dude. Guys, have a good week. Good night. Deuces.